So yeah, Chandra, I would love to dive into what you brought up to me the other day, a belief or a question that, you know, can integral yoga save the world or, or help the world? So what brought that to mind for you and what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, Avi, integral yoga, I think, saved my life and my world. That uh, coming upon it when I did at a time in my life, uh, it just showed me that it's possible to really feel good in the body, to have a sense of peacefulness in the mind, and most of all, to really connect with a community of people, as is so important in, in our lives. So you mentioned a belief in feeling good in the body. So would you say before that, you didn't really believe that it was possible to feel good in the body? Yes, I, I would say that's true. I was one of those uh, students who hated phys ed in school. I did everything to avoid um, sports and games and things like that. I started practicing physical yoga in college. I, I went to SUNY New Paltz in uh, 1969. It's one of the hippie capitals of the world. And uh, I arrived there right after the Woodstock Festival. And um, in addition to discovering pot and LSD, I discovered yoga. Uh, just happened upon what I think now, looking back, may well have been an integral yoga teacher. I had no idea then of what it was. And suddenly, I was stretching and breathing and moving and uh, feeling a sense of being in my body that I had not felt before. And that really opened something up for me. At the same time, I took initiation in transcendental meditation because the Beatles were doing it. So, of course, that's, uh, I wanted to be like them. So that combination early on of discovering a physical practice that made me feel good and a way of calming my very agitated mind um, was always there. I did it for years and years here and there, stretch classes. I always meditated. But in the mid-1990s, I, um, I finally took the plunge and walked into the Integral Yoga Institute on West 13th Street in Greenwich Village. I live in Greenwich Village. I had walked by it many times and always had this feeling that I wanted to go in, but I wasn't quite sure what it was. So the uh, getting involved there as a student and then taking teacher training I suddenly found myself getting to know a group of people that were just wonderful. They seemed more relaxed. They seemed more welcoming and open to um, sharing these teachings in a very nice way, no pressure. Nobody ever pressured me to take teacher training. I just kind of evolved over time uh, and every time I took an integral yoga class, I was stunned at how profoundly peaceful I felt and physically great. So uh, it's more than a belief. It's a, I'm convinced, I've been convinced since then that this practice, so accessible, so available to everyone, um, and, and what I loved also was being in classes with all kinds of people of all different ages and all different sizes and backgrounds and colors and cultures. 
uh, that was quite, uh, made quite an impression on me. Uh, so I would attend meditation, I would attend um, the classes, and when it came time to take teacher training in the fall of 1998, um, I was really ready in my life to, to switch from uh, my other life into this new way of living with yoga. Hmm. And what, what's that been like for you? Is it, do you feel like these ways of life are in competition with each other at all? So it's, it seems like you've prioritized yoga more from that point of doing a teacher training where it's like, okay, maybe now I'm, I'm really a yogi or this is, this is my way of life. But I'm sure the other way kind of still comes in a lot. So how to navigate it? And, and, and is it a matter of priority a lot? Like what are we, what, what way of being are we prioritizing in our life? Yeah, well, uh, as I, you know, I, I've had many lives. By the time I came to Integral Yoga, I was in my late 40s. So before that, I had worked in the corporate book publishing world for 20 years. I had written and published seven books. I'd lived in Nashville, Tennessee, and written five books there. And um, I was operating at a pretty intense uh, wavelength. Mm. And meditation and, and yoga throughout that time helped. But when I saw the possibility of incorporating yoga more into my life, I think that when you use the word priority, that's, that's correct. I, I still could uh, be that busy, efficient, um, corporate career woman to some degree, but the priority became making sure that I approached everything in life peacefully and calmly and intentionally, uh, and, and really with a greater awareness that taking care of my physical body was a huge priority. That was probably the biggest shift when I saw the difference in how I would eat and what I would not drink. And um, taking the time to spend that 90-minute class as regularly as possible in the, those days, several times a week, um, the difference was so obvious that I didn't even need to, um, I didn't need to force myself to do it. I just wanted to get that feeling. So I think that um, having a, a steady practice and having a body you're comfortable in and a mind that's less agitated makes everything better, whatever it is you're doing. Mm. So I think they kind of melded. But over time, I started to work at the New York Integral Yoga Institute. After I graduated from teacher training, I was hired part-time to be a receptionist at the front desk. And I did that for several months while finishing up my last two books that I wrote. Uh, I did that for about a year. And, um, and at the end of the last book, I was offered a full-time job. And on the same day that I was offered a full-time job, I was offered the opportunity to write another book. And so I told everybody, I'll let you know in a week. And I went to Cape Cod and I sat on the beach and I thought, hmm, hmm, what would that be like? What would this be like to work full time? 
at Integral Yoga. We won't even discuss the difference in money, but I said, it's not, I'm not gonna make money a priority in my life anymore. And I decided to take the full-time job at Integral Yoga to immerse myself even more, uh, not just in the physical practice and meditation, but to really be part of a community that I felt was doing such important work and where I could learn how to operate in a different way, how to not be competitive, not to have to always be right, um, to work out conflicts in a much more peaceful, respectful way. Um, that to me was, I think, the most profound difference that I saw in this uh, nonprofit institute running a yoga school um, as opposed to the very, very major publisher that I had worked for. Obviously, they're very different on the face of it, but the biggest difference was the way in which things got worked out. And um, it took longer to work things out because nobody could say, we're doing it that way because I said so, which you could say in the corporate world. I ran a huge department in the corporate world. Here at Integral Yoga, it was a very strong attempt to get consensus, which is hard, but also to make sure everybody was heard. And in the end, um, as I got more involved and became a manager and then later became the general manager, um, you made better decisions that way because everything was carefully considered. Um, and the, the, the fact that the people running Integral Yoga, and that's true up to today, uh, running all the institutes and the big center here in Yogaville, um, they practice yoga together. So it's very, uh, it's an interesting dynamic when you've just meditated for 45 minutes with all your colleagues. It's hard to get out and start fighting <laughs> with them again. So that's the, that's the aspect that, um, that appealed to me the most. And I felt like I had come home. I felt comfortable in who I was. And I, I think for the first time in my life mm -hmm. that I felt like I was with people like me. Um, I wasn't always feeling judged and evaluated. I felt such a sense of acceptance and love and had that for others. And my whole management style changed after the corporate management style to managing a yoga school. Um, and I thought this can be a model for something. It's better. Do you think that you're talking about community and I think realizing within yourself the urge, the desire that you had to find a community and that led to your choice. Do you think that that is what we're all looking for in a way is a community where we feel supported and safe to be ourselves? Absolutely, I think that. I thought for, uh, that I've done a fair amount of work in my life in, in a prison situation and with teenagers. And um, it occurred to me one day that even 
being in a gang mm. is a cry for community. Mm. People do want to feel connected and accepted and that sense of togetherness. It's, I think, a basic human instinct. And I think that is why people gather into these groups uh, and, and that that can, be, can become dangerous too, as we've seen. Um, but yes, I think there's a basic human uh, desire for connection, for um, being seen and being heard and hearing and seeing the other person. Um, and, and I think that's, that's kind of what's lacking now, and that's a problem. But, um, but I, I find that in yoga, in integral yoga, this um, sense of connection and belonging. And uh, I think that that's, what, that's why people gather on social media in these groups. Yet that desire can be manipulated mm. and people can um, come to the belief that in order for them to feel good about themselves, they have to feel better than somebody else. Mm. And so that's where that desire for connection can be used to dangerous ends. But to answer your question, yes, I think people want community. So it's, it's like this, uh, the tribalism that we're talking yes. about, right? And so it seems natural to want a, to be a part of a community, right? In a lot of ways, the world living is, is kind of scary. And to feel that you're completely on your own, mm -hmm. whew, that could be a lot. So there's a, a sense of safety, I yes. think, that exists to be, and that's totally human, to desire safety. Then it's like, what type of community? So it's like, yes, I want a community, but as you mentioned, is my community in competition with other communities? You know, are we trying to be better then? And so like the values of the, of the community that we find ourselves in are so important. You mentioned like, you know, the, the danger of it. Mm -hmm. um, the danger of like, I find what I need in this community, therefore I'm willing to do anything for it and sacrifice my values and, and, and whatnot. So it's really what it's about, and, and maybe this is what you're getting at in terms of how we started, what integral yoga is that maybe nothing else is or very few things is, is that yes, we have a community here, but we're not separating ourselves from the larger community of the entire planet. We're saying we are ultimately in this community of all human beings, yeah. all of nature, but there's also another community, like w a pocket within that, that maybe helps us to re remember that so that there's not the competition right. that exists. Right. I'm glad you mentioned the word values first because people come together around shared values. That's part of what creates a community. And the values of integral yoga they're very similar to what I call Woodstock values of peace and love and this awakening of the generation in 1969 and such and all of those values that dovetailed with the integral yoga values. And those values are very direct and simple. 
They are peacefulness, understanding each other, justice, caring about each other's well-being. So when you come together around those things, yes, there is this pocket of a smaller group, but part certainly of the integral yoga values is to serve the larger community. Uh, as examples, you know, never pushy and proselytizing. Um, so yes, we have the uh, smaller communities that are specific, but these kinds of values of peace, not war, um, not violence, caring for the earth, caring for our bodies in responsible way, the way we eat, the way we uh, move, uh, keeping ourselves healthy is a gift to the community. We don't use up resources by being ill. So yeah, it's all interwoven, I think is, is what you've pointed out. And we, you know, the idea, the ideal, which I know is hard, is that everyone sees uh, himself, herself, themselves as a part of the whole human community. Mm. That's the connection that we wanna make. Maybe we practice it together learning how to get along with a small group, um, but maybe the goal is that as a world, we see that we have more in common than divide us, that basically most people want the same things. Um, so it all, it's all uh, layered and layered upon itself. Do you experience that during meditation sometimes, a feeling of, of being a part of being connected to something larger than yourself? I love group practice. I love group meditation. And I love group practice of uh, hatha yoga, of the physical yoga class. I, it's, I'm glad you brought that up. I do much better maintaining my practice in a group. That's why I love to be here, to go to a meditation here, even if there's only a few other people in the room, there is something about the energy that is so much more than when I uh, meditate by myself. I learned in the pandemic time, too, that you know I can't go to a, a public group class at the, uh, at the Institute, so I take Zoom classes. And even though I'm the only one in my room practicing, there are those people on Zoom. Even though mo many people don't turn their camera on, so you see a little box with their name on it, they're still there. So the energy of practicing together is very powerful. But also what I'm, what I'm asking is, you know, in meditation, if the mind is able to rest, you know, deeply, entering that space of maybe nothing, nothingness. Yeah. Do you sense in that space ever like, whoa, like I am, I am a part, almost like being a tree in a forest, that all the roots are connected. And even though physically we have the freedom of movement, yeah. that doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't connection there yeah. between myself and something larger. Do you ever yes, sense that? I feel very connected and at the heart space with others when I meditate because 
you know, another tenet of integral yoga is the teaching that truth is one, paths are many, that every faith is um, searching for the same peace with different paths and rituals and um, practices. So yes, I, I believe that the divine light of peace is in every human being. And it needs to get uncovered through practice. I didn't know I had that until I began practicing. Mm. And I was like, wow, really? I really feel that. And then, you know, you open your eyes and look around the room when we were meditating in person together, and there definitely was an energy of connection where I think everybody felt more like each other than different. So it's, it's kind of, you're, you're describing a kind of hard to explain energetic connection, but it's no less real. Uh, I absolutely have felt that um, during group meditations. And as I said, with a large group, you know, it's even more palpable, but even just, you know, with a small group or just a couple of people meditating together, uh, I think that, that you create like a, what do they call it, like a force field or some sort of energetic um, shift takes place. You mentioned something before about like letting go of being right, that the yoga practices have helped you do that. I've found that to be one of the most challenging things, <laughs> that like wanting to be right is very, very deep, myself and maybe many, many of us. Mm -hmm. Have you really been able to do that? And if so, like what, is, what has helped you to let go of the desire to, mm. to be right? Hmm. Well, I wouldn't say I have fully been able to let go of that, but um, awareness of it, I think, is the first step. And I became aware that um, I had a habit, and I think other people do, of defending your position. Um, being right, also just wanting to be sure that other person knows what I mean, right? Somehow wanting my viewpoint validated. And I think we, that's a human instinct. I think we have to cut ourselves some slack yeah. about that. Agreed. <laughs> yeah, I think we, you know, we have to understand. We are, after all, only human. Um, but it all begins with awareness. Uh, and being aware of what's going on in your mind while it's going on in your mind. Uh, and while you're in the perhaps challenging conversation, um, that's, that's very difficult. But yoga teaches us how to do that because in every single yoga pose or asana, it's awareness that helps you move through it. And if you stay present and you observe exactly how your hip is feeling when it's moving this way and exactly how you're going to shape your pose, you learn through that very sort of gross physical practice how to be present. In meditation, you're watching your mind because it's very nice to think that in meditation we're constantly serene with a blank mind, but that doesn't happen. Really, 
what happens is the thoughts go dancing by. Here comes the thought, here comes the thought. And, and in meditation, you observe it. It's the same thing when we practice deep relaxation, one of the most profound of the physical, mental, emotional, subtle practices in the integral yoga class. We really become so quiet in body and breath and mind. And I'll quote my, one of my beloved teachers, Swami Ashokananda, you can observe the thoughts without becoming them. So because of the physical practice, the exquisite, detailed way that you stay present in it, because of meditation where you really see your mind um, going and going and then you try to pull back to your point of focus, and because of deep relaxation where you've just thoroughly stretched and cleansed the physical body and then you're in complete stillness, and that seed is planted in your consciousness that you can observe the thoughts without becoming them, and that there's a witness consciousness, an observer in us that is not the body, is not the breath, and is not the mind. Because how could you be observing those three things? What are you observing them with? If that can be carried out of the yoga room and into the office, classroom, kitchen, home, uh, street, uh, airport, right? All those things. If you can, it, that's why the practice needs to be regular, because you forget in two days, right? You come this great revelation. Two days later, somebody bumps into you and you're mad, right? So you need to renew it constantly. But even maybe seeing that every moment is an opportunity to practice, not just when the class starts and, and ends. Exactly. And I love what you've identified kind of as the, the witness or awareness that that's the practice, mm -hmm. is to spend as much time as possible in my life as that observer. Right. Right? So then I see the practice of, okay, spending as much time and also identifying what is in between me and spending more time there. Like, what are the obstacles? Because if I'm aware of the obstacles, then I can work with mm -hmm. them. Yeah. It all begins with awareness. And taking that nanosecond of breath before you respond, reply, react mm. to anything. Somebody just said the other day, practice this practice called wait. Why am I talking? Yeah. Isn't that good? But, it, but what happens... I'll give you an example. Um, we founded a program in New York IYI called Yoga at School. We had an opportunity to go uh, teach in Rikers Island to high school students. There's high school students incarcerated in Rikers Island, the most horrible jail in the world in New York City. And we talked about, we had a group of like 40 young men, young, 17, 18 and 16 years old, incarcerated. And somebody said, um, you know, if you want to be more peaceful, you have to meditate. You have to do this. You have, if you wanted to develop your muscles, you'd have to practice every so often, not once a year, right? The same thing. You're developing a muscle. And we talked, these, these, these young men were 
fascinated. Their attention, you could have heard a pin drop in this room when we said to them, you know, if you, when something happens, let's say somebody hits you on the street, what if you could take one breath and then decide what to do? Mm. You might hit them back anyway, but you at least thought about it mm. first. And you know what? One kid stood up and said, well, if I had known that, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. It's such a simple yet really profound way of being. Think of all the time, energy, human discomfort and unhappiness that are caused by all these conflicts. Boom, 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 banging heads about everything. It's a big waste of time. Then when it's all done, then you have to spend the next day talking about what happened, right? So it's complete waste of time, all this conflict. If only people were calm enough to stop and say, you know, what's, what's really important here? Mm. Is it really important? that I win this argument? And no, you know. Swami Satchidananda said, you should be happy when you lose the game because then you get to see the smiling face of the person who won. Mm. So again, it's just shifting the perspective of, of how we want to approach life. It's not that we're gonna just be happy all the time, but we have an opportunity to be more peaceful, to work on recognizing the connection in the heart space rather than the arguments that our minds create. It's possible. Is that something that, that you practice doing is kind of like dropping down like from the head into the heart or the whole being? I try, I try. I at least know that that's an important practice. And I think that uh, I think that I learned over time to let go. It's really a matter mm. of just saying what's, what's exactly important here and seeing if you can cut past all the side issues to say what, what's the outcome that I hope for from this. And sometimes that might be saying to the other person, yes, you're right. Yes, it's not, uh, it's not so important to win the argument. So in terms of integral yoga, saving or helping the world, um, was there anything else that you wanted to mention in terms of how to do it? I mean, I personally have been agree, like it, it can, like these practices, these teachings, they can. More of the question is, what is the entryway? For, 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 pe for people, yeah. like how can people find us? Right. Uh, how do they feel when they first walk in that door? What, what, yeah. Whatever it is, yeah. The, I think the entryway is the physical Hatha yoga class. I think that um, everybody wants to feel good. I think that people know if their bodies don't feel good, if you, offer them something to try. Why don't you just try to, um, to stretch a little and breathe a little and meditate a little? When I taught teenage high school kids, sometimes the word yoga was like, uh, 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 they were so 
obnoxious about the word yoga that I never used it. Mm. I once taught at a hospital that uh, was very early on, back in the like late 90s and uh, early 2000s, where um, this particular hospital systems were like, I don't know about yoga. You know, they weren't sure. Now they all incorporate yoga. That's been so great to see. But I came and uh, the head nurse came running toward me and she said, please don't use the word yoga. I was like, oh. She said, one of the nurses is um, a Christian and she was very upset that we were having yoga. I said, don't worry. I taught a 45-minute class without ever using the word yoga. I said, you know, let's stretch. Simple stretch. There wasn't a yoga pose in the class. Let's just breathe. Let's do some deep breathing and, you know, why do we breathe and what does it do and the oxygen goes through the body and it wakes everything up. And, it, and then let's just sit nice and quiet and, and um, just enjoy peaceful quiet. And the end of that class, the very woman who was so upset about the word yoga, of course, was thrilled and happy and loved it. Mm. She actually said to me, I think Jesus would like us to breathe. Mm. And I thought, that's right. Yes. So the first step is you're saying, how do we, we let people know, would you like to feel better? Mm. And everybody says yes. Right? Would you like to feel more peaceful? And people say yes. Are you willing to try a little stretching, a little breathing, a little relaxing? And I think that's the first step. I love that initial question that you said. <laughs> Would you like to feel better? It's so important. Like it, maybe we miss it because it's so obvious. Yeah. But I think it makes all the difference that you've ask the question and you've yes, I do want to feel better. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I think that that we say to people, well, you know, this is what makes me feel better. So maybe you just want to check it out. And I think that's the entryway. And as people, uh, I think people generally want to do again something that made them feel better. And so you then people can start to develop a familiarity, a regularity. We used to say to people, people would come into the front desk at New York IYI, you know, curious, maybe hadn't taken yoga before. And we would explain in a very light and, and generous way what they could find if they did. And then we would offer three classes at a discount because doing something three times it's like we do the three sun salutations at the beginning of the class. When I teach that, I tell them if they're brand new, the first time you're going to be, what the heck is this? The second time you're going to be, oh, yeah. I, I, the third time you're going to be an expert at the sun salutation. So three times start to feel better. So that's, that's the first thing. And then, of course, being an example of a peaceful person. People want to be like that. Uh, so I, I think that those are the ways uh, that, and we've seen, I mean, look, the, the uh, expansion of yoga practice in the world since 
1966, when Integral Yoga was founded, is exponential. I mean, lots of people are doing all kinds of yoga and finding comfort in that. So uh, I think that that's important. Also, over the years, the medical community, which was at first resistant to anything, it seemed like some new age hooey, now, you know, major studies affirm the healing power of yoga. So it, it's evolving that people are seeing that. Um, so yeah, I think it's, it's uh, you meet people where they are. And I, the, even the most seemingly impossible person, <laughs> I think, wants to feel good and wants to be a part of something. As we were saying earlier, wants to be embraced. Come, come attend a workshop. Come, come sit and eat with us. Come um, get to know different people. And people begin to respond because it's a natural human desire to feel good and feel connected. Beautiful. Chandra, thank you so much. Mm. Really appreciated this, and uh, I, I definitely feel more clear. I'm now. glad. Clarity is just uh, great. I, I'm so glad. Yeah. Well, it is my great love, Integral Yoga, mm. to and to be a part of it. So thank you. It's so cool that you found it too. I like, know. You know. Uh, it's a it's a blessing, and it's a blessing for everyone who finds it, as, as far as I can tell. Thank you. Thank you, Avi, so much. Om Shanti. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.